Hello, this is Dan Jones, and this is another quiet talk from my study in Colony, New York. It's good to visit with you today. You know, sometimes simple everyday words have the most profound meaning when you think about them, especially in the context of the Christian life. The word I want to think about today is the word desire. We think of this word as a, a choice, a desire for one shirt over another at the store, or one flavor of ice cream over another, or perhaps something we want to happen in our lives like desiring to buy a vacation home. But how often do you use this word when you think about your spiritual life? What I want to get at here is how much do you desire God? In Psalm 73, the author expresses his frustration over the prosperity of the wicked and the suffering of the righteous. How often we feel just like him. He observes the apparently easy life of those who live only for themselves and have no concern for God or for other people. Everything, it seems, goes well for them while those who seek to lead a righteous life suffer. He comes to the conclusion that it really doesn't pay to serve God. But then, the psalmist says, Then he says, I went into God's house, and God revealed to me how the wicked ultimately end up. Their destiny is destruction. But for the righteous, God promises his constant presence in this life and glory in the life to come. God gives his guidance and counsel to those who seek him while the path of the wicked leads only to eternal loss, where all of life's pleasures will be forgotten. Then comes this beautiful verse. It is Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Does that resonate with you today? Can you say that God himself is the greatest object of your desire? I'm afraid that for many Christians, our desires are a conflicting jumble. We try to hold desire for the passing things of this life alongside our meager desire for God. When it comes to our hearts, God gets the leftovers. James understood this inner conflict when he wrote in chapter 1 that a double-minded man is unstable in everything he does. A double-minded person here is one who partly wants to serve God, but partly wants to live life for himself. This lack of a central focus leads to instability. And then in chapter 4, he elaborates when he discusses conflicts between people, even in the church. He asks the rhetorical question, where does this fighting among you come from? Doesn't it come from your desires that are at war within you? You desire for things, James says, that you may spend it on your passions. He then compares this condition of the heart to adultery and says those whose hearts are not firmly set on God are like an unfaithful wife who gives herself to another man. That is strong language, but 
from God's perspective, that's what a person is like who has a double heart. They have a pretense of godliness, but are really being unfaithful to him. They are cheaters. In the Old Testament, God also accused the people of Israel of being spiritual adulterers. Even when they were busy with religious observance, God knew that their hearts, their true desires, were not with him. In the prophecy of Isaiah, we read, When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. God says, I hate your religious observances. Why? Well, later on in Isaiah, God says, This people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me. God sees our hearts. He is not fooled by our words or our outward expressions. People may be fooled, but not God. Because God knows our true desires. He knows what we really want. The psalmist wrote, Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sighing is not hidden from you. Today, if God is convicting you of having a divided heart, if you are coming to realize that your desire is not toward God, how do you fix it? Some people think that their desires are beyond their control. That's not true. You are responsible to God for your words, your actions, your thoughts, and also your motives and desires. So what do you do? First of all, confess to God that your desire has indeed been set on unworthy things and not on Him. Seek His mercy and forgiveness. And then bundle up all those conflicting desires, that heart of yours that is so divided, and take it to God. Lay it before Him and pray this Bible prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God promised in His Word to give us a new heart. In Ezekiel, 11. God promised that the day would come for his people when I will give them one heart and the new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. After you pray this prayer for a new undivided heart. Then realign your priorities. Stop devoting your time to those pursuits that lead you away from pure devotion to God and spend more time with Him in prayer and in His precious Word. 
spend time with other believers who are also so inclined. Walk with Jesus moment by moment and put before him every thought, every word, every action. Let him truly reign in your heart and in your life. He will indeed give you a new heart that desires him first. The Song of Solomon is an unusual book in the Bible. It is written in the form of an intense love poem between a man and a woman. They express their delight in each other and their desire for each other in very frank terms. Bible students have interpreted this book in various ways, some spiritualizing it and others seeing it for what it appears to be on the surface, a passionate love poem. I think we should look at it both ways. Listen to this passage from Song of Solomon, chapter 3. This lover expresses her intense desire for her beloved in these words. On my bed by night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. The watchmen found me as they went about in the city. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I passed them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her who conceived me. Now that is desire, but it is more than a fleshly desire. It is the desire of genuine love. Genesis tells us that Jacob loved Rachel. He loved her from the moment he laid eyes on her. Rachel's father said, yes, you can marry my daughter, but you must first work seven years for her. The Bible says that for Jacob, those seven years seemed like just a few days because of his love for her. My friends, that is genuine love. It's not like what you see in the movies nowadays or hear in the lyrics of popular music. Do you desire God? as the young woman in Song of Solomon desired her beloved, and as he desired her. Do you seek him as she went out to seek for him? May God increase our desire for him, and in our weak desire may we see the passionate desire of the man Jesus for us. And for a lost world, a desire so strong that it led him to a bloody cross to suffer and die so that he might win us back to himself. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the passionate desire that you have for us, your wayward Children, your children whose hearts so often are so divided, so double-minded, and yet your love never ceases. 
It never fails. It never diminishes. It always burns hot. Thank you for that love. Oh, God, may we be transformed by that love, that passionate desire that you have for us. God, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart. Oh, God, renew within me a steadfast spirit, a spirit that is steadfast in its love and desire for you and you alone, O oh, my holy God in heaven. Lord Jesus, I pray for those listening to this podcast today that they will, that you would, by your Spirit, just stir up a desire within them for more of God, to be more devoted and consecrated to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his precious name that we pray. Amen. God bless you for listening, my friend. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. F-A-T-H-E-R dot D-A-N-J-O-N-E-S at outlook.com. God bless you.